This is Decolonize, a podcast about black sovereignty. A space for us to listen up to our mob, our First Nations voices across the country, and explore what black leadership and decolonize mean. What is black sovereignty? What does it look like, feel like? What would it mean for our country? What does it mean for you and how do we do it? Our lands everywhere are hurting and we are being called on urgently to start this healing process. Our lands need to be well for our people to be well. Our ancestors are waking us up and we are responding. Black sovereignty is about the well-being of everyone, Aboriginal, Torres Strait Islander and non-Indigenous. We all need to take part. It's time to decolonise, time to unsettle the settler, time for the internal revolution. I'm Judge Ardair, or a Rudri woman living on Ghana lands, and I'm here to yarn with our mob who want to talk up about decolonise. Dance is soul, and dance is beautiful. Dance is when you're alone and nobody's watching. Dance is pride, and dance is resilience. Dance is unity, and dance is believing. In our first episode of Decolonise, I'm yarning with Alwyn Doolan, a Garangarang and Waka Waka man who spent last year walking from the tip of Queensland to Parliament House to deliver messages from our communities. 8,000 kilometres from Cape York to Canberra, it was an epic pilgrimage made in the name of sovereignty. Alwyn also initiated Nation Dance, where over 100 nations from across the country came together to dance up the spirit of our lands on the 1st of December, 2019. So um, we haven't actually spoken before, so I'm Jar Jar, I'm a Wiradjuri woman. So I just thought um, if you'd like tell us where you're from and your country. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a Gurang Gurang Waka Waka man. Um, so mine's, my country's on the eastern coast here um, and further parts inland, such as uh, near the Bunya Mountains or Waka Waka country. Uh, but I currently live in uh, Warbinda, uh, in central Queensland, um, uh, an Aboriginal community um, with quite a uh, historic history of um, a displacement um, from the removal of children from Tarun. Um, so, yeah, I live in Warbinda now. So we will start with um, you're the fellow that initiated Nation Dance that took place on the 1st of December last year, yeah. which was pretty amazing to see our mob organize ourselves and uh, mm. dance like we did do you want to tell us what motivated that or where that came from yeah just you know it was virtually an idea that just had been you know sent out and passed through the wind um and just you know i guess the idea just really connected with us all with a lot of mob that dance and participated on that first of december yeah it just i didn't expect um to spiral into such a you know a viral uh, event uh, that it did and i guess it was just you know when i'm looking back at it um it's almost as if you know we were ready for something like that you know we because we were all feeling such sorrow and you know just given the the devastation of the bushfires and everything you know, the poor land management from government and um and not listening to us and and just even with everyday, you know, um, society of living in two worlds, I think we were just really, you know, drained out from it of, you know, um, mm-hmm. you know, going 
disposition and we needed something to uplift ourselves and uh, that was just such the beauty about nation dance that you know there was no waiting for government drip drab fundings or for them to give us the go-ahead to say yes or no that we can't do this and can do that you know on our own homelands and just that organization of ourselves and gathering our communities together and bringing people together was just so inspiring to see and as many many saw that as well so that's what I, I loved about it at, at um, of Nation Dance. Totally I felt that too definitely I was on Gumbangi country dancing with that mob and it was pretty powerful and one of the things that came up and I thought you might like to share a bit about it was um, the request for non-Indigenous brothers and sisters to hold space and, and be witness to this. And I know I've had a number of conversations with people sharing my perspective and importance of that because I know there were some non-Indigenous brothers and sisters that are, you know, so with us and they mm-hmm. wanted to dance. So I just thought um, whether you might like to share a bit from your perspective about that. Yeah, I know there was, uh, you know, um there was a lot that were very respectful in the manner that, because, you know, they thought at first it was um, just basically everyone. Um, but, yeah, the initial call-out was for, you know, um, the First Nations people, all us in our different nations. And, you know, what Nation Dance also brings is that what we've been trying to tell people to, you know, to draw the non um, First Nations peoples in to be a part of our culture by just literally bear witnessing. You know, it's time for them to literally take that step back of the narrative of being our story's been told from the positions of government or, you know, from the view of white man history and what's been happening and been forced upon us. It's, you know, Nation Dads bring out that beauty of them just being there and listening, you know, uh, to the stories within the dance. And taking that in and, and being open-mindedness of it, the the empathy towards the whole broader scope of the issues that we're still facing. And, yeah, I know a lot of mob were, were really, you know, wanted to really get in. And there's, you know, to the discretion of each nation, I believe there were some that, you know, included some non-Indigenous, but not in the sacred ceremonial parts. Um, you know, that, that those, these sorts of... Um, uh, happenings that happened um, really bridge the gap. They really bridge healing, you know, true healing, um, because it is coming from us and only us. And it's an invitation that we've been trying to bring people in, not to dissuade them, but to really learn about what's, you know, the, the true essence of it. And that was just so beauty that Nation Dance could bring that together as well. Definitely. And um, I'm aware that you did a epic walk to deliver three message sticks to Scott Morrison entailing the story of our continent and the voices of over 50 sovereign nations. I'm also aware that uh, Scott wasn't available to meet you. Is this right? Um, Yeah, well, after, you know, I I was sending emails and uh, calling his office prior to my arrival um, in Canberra, three months before and then awaiting three months whilst in Canberra after I arrived, uh, lobbying the government for that um, meeting to address the whole parliament and and uh, received those uh, three messages, um, creation, colonisation and healing, entailing all of the community voices from the ground um, that I had collected and carried. And, yeah, the response after that, like, was just uh, a one response of that he had uh, prior other commitments 
to attend to. So, you know, it was a, a slap in the face as opposed to, you know, really doesn't have time for me uh, when, you know, in matters of when he's speaking um, in Parliament, he contradicts himself sort of talking about walking together with our people when I've just embarked, you know, on that journey of over across the whole year and yet declined me. So, mm. And how did that feel? Uh, at first it was, you know, it was, it was upsetting, you know, very disappointing because I just had so much hope within myself and so there was so I believe there were so many people you know that the amount of support that I gained over the whole year and the people that followed my journey were also there too you know because I think I believe within my walk I really tried to show the essence of the pain that I put my body through you know it was a journey that I wanted to bring people along and show the um the reality and so they were back riding on my kind of um you know, hope as well um, that you know things could change. Um, this is, might be this might be something that can turn a uh, turn a new leaf. So, um, yeah. But now I look back. You know, being home now, it's I've really not condoned my own efforts of making myself feel sorry for myself, sort of thing. It's more so a reflection now of his character that he has missed a great opportunity of our people uh, to be heard. And, you know, I think that light is more shone on him than it is. And I know that I have still great support um, with me, even though um, the occurrence of what happened in Canberra. And I guess we can see that you putting that word out for Nation Dance, you know, that all of that energy that you created in that walk, I feel like that is part of why, you know, that spread like it did and the, mm. the connections that you had. Yeah, definitely. I you know, I, I guess I, I just thought, you know, why not use that, that platform that I have now on, on social media um, with so many followers and people that know me through, you know, uh, different communities to enhance a way, a different way, our way mm. um, of healing and it, it worked, you know. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so speaking around, you know, Scott Morrison government and, all of these things. Just curious, you know, the words decolonize or black sovereignty, what they might mean for you. Yeah, they, I guess they mean much like nascent dance, doing things, you know, there's a lot of things that we get caught up in, in uh, the impositions that we're, you know, we're still facing of the Western system and then trying, you know, and then we live in our means of our systems, you know, within our law that, you know, homelands and stuff. And it's, trying to find that balance in between. But a lot of mob I found, uh, especially in my community, are been awaiting, awaiting on things to change in our communities, you know, a broad range of health, education, um, you know, employment, you know, awaiting on government to change these to make better solutions for us when Nation Dance proved that we don't have to wait for them. You know, we can go out and do these things on our own country and homelands without their authority, you know, without their... Uh, their say and it's decolonizing that that spiritual being of our connectedness uh, to our country and I think we should be more so uh, taking responsibility within that you know it's just been diminished uh, you know our, some of our spirits have just been so dampened by the genocide you know and the ecocide and the whole range of everything that surrounds us the that, that we are connected to and 
forming a breaking a cycle. What better way to do that is standing within and doing things within our culture. Absolutely. Because I think that's it. You know, a lot of people don't possibly realise that genocide is actually, you know, continuing. We're watching the repercussions and, and all the things that are happening with our mob. Yeah, definitely. I think main point, it comes to uh, the environment um, that affects us wholly too, you know, with just these corporations that exploit, you know, the resources on on our homelands and just kill the wildlife, you know, they're killing the rivers and and everything, you know, everything has a purpose. And we know that as First Nations peoples from, you know, the time of beginning since we've been here and just how that we are be, we are a part of it, you know, but the egotistical way of uh, Western system is that you're dominant over it and we need to, you know, flush that out of our kind of uh, system in remembrance that we are a part of uh, this land that we take care of. You're listening to Decolonize, a podcast about black sovereignty. And I'm yarning with Alan Doolan, who initiated Nation Dance, a national mass movement that saw over 100 nations come together to dance on country at the same time. It was an act of sovereignty and empowerment to uplift our spirits. As you listen to this right now, I'm in the process of decolonizing. I'm living in the bush sitting under the ancient mother trees by the riverbed and listening to the birds. Reminding us all to keep our bare feet on country and the song in our hearts. I've been self-isolating out of choice, out of a need to stay connected with the lands and my ancestors. Kind of ironic, because as I speak, the world is going into self-isolation. A big shift is taking place, and I feel Alwyn and I somewhat preempted this when we recorded our yarn a few weeks back. It was just after the devastating bushfires and floods and just before the lockdown of COVID-19. That moment in between. And with the current crisis that's been happening, you know, mega fires like we've never seen and severe floods now on the East Coast, do you feel this is a tipping point? Is there something happening? Yeah, I believe so. I've I've felt that you know, that inkling, that intuition, um, whilst I was walking, you know, I felt and still feeling this 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 taste in the air of the old ancestors um, bringing about the, uh, the cycle, as I believe in this cycle that, you know, we are the first and it's going to repeat itself that, you know, we've gone, we've gone through so much horrific and tragic genocide and um, things that are happening upon our people and to the land itself and it's it's just going to overturn it as you see within the bushfires that happen and now there's flood and you know we've got cyclone down in uh, on the gold coast the southeast coast it's you know that's the, the turning point and this is with only in the first two months of 2020 um you know it's quite dramatic but it's also um you know, the, the stories that are written within the land of them old people and the ancestors are bringing that life back up and rejuvenating and, I believe, uh, are making a turning point and change and getting ready for um, what needs to be restored. So in us sort of, yeah, acknowledging that, I'm just wondering, do you have any thoughts about what we can do as First Peoples and also for non-Indigenous mob that are on board 
Is there anything that you could suggest that people can be doing to contribute to decolonising the system? Wow. Um, yeah, good question. Uh, so I'm just I'm asking this because it's something I ask myself a lot. Do you know, like I feel really passionate and we can all talk on social media about decolonising and all of these things, but sometimes, you know, I, I'm reflecting in myself at the moment about like the internal revolution and that's something mm. that I feel like the more I shift mm. and decolonise my own mind and system, yep. um, that contributes. But then on a practical sometimes, you know, when people say, well, what, what can we do? I, I feel a little bit stumped, you know. I'm like, well, we could start pulling down fences in cities and creating inner suburban communities. Um, yeah. But I was just curious, yeah, if you had any thoughts on that. Oh, uh, perhaps maybe just in my opinion would be, you know, simple tasks as in like growing your own food, <laughs> you know, changing a diet, you know, looking at and educating yourself in, uh, yeah, all the food sources, the, the tools that we've, that we've used and, you know, there's it's still there and it just has to be tapped into, I believe. And um, with that, you know, it's, it, it is. It draws back to believe. I believe it's uh, a responsibility of self, and that's our custodianship. You know, that's our caretakership. We have a very, very um, earning ache of responsibility to look after country. But as you mentioned, within like you know, there's major cities now that are all covering you know certain areas that are perhaps you know. Um, you know, are still sacred to us and so how do we go about um transitioning that back into the manner of you know, decolonizing when i think we we really need land we need land spaces um to be able to form these practices and traditions that are still ongoing to us mm. when you said that it's all still there to tap back into i think that's a really important thing that i've been feeling of late too and you know, I'm watching like I was just out in Papunya at Sorry Business and we've lost the senior law woman for the Western Desert, which is pretty epic loss. Um, and so I feel like I'm often witnessing this culture and this knowledge that's leaving that a lot of old people are taking with them. Mm-hmm. But I think that's a really important thing, what you've just touched on there, that it is in it is in the land. Yeah. yeah, and I think thanks for bringing that up. I think that's something we all need to... Be reminded of that it's it's not lost. Yeah, that's right. It's it's and it, but it's just so invisible to the eyes of you know um, I guess what government don't see that if you portray the land as you see it as a mountain that is just um, soil or you know or if you portray the land as a part of a, a resource that to make money of then you you're, you're losing its connection. You know, rather than seeing um, a certain tree that provides a medicine use or or whatnot, you know, it's still the you know, the, the vision of how what we look at our lands um, and seeing it as the part of the usefulness of our survival and not the usefulness of resource to make a profit out of. Last year, the Australian government announced its measures to mark the 250th anniversary of Captain Cook's first voyage to Australia, the invasion. This included giving $6.7 million to the Maritime Museum so the replica endeavour could circumnavigate our country, stopping at 39 different spots along the way. Um, there was one other thing I wanted to check in um, 
whether you've seen the Captain Cook voyages um, that are marking 250 years since the HMB Endeavour charted the east coast of Australia. Yeah, yeah, I have, I have seen um, that pop up through my social media and I've known that um, it would, um, there would be a place there on 1770, uh, which is part of um, my country, uh, Gurang Gurang Nation. In 1770, um, is a historic uh, area of um, Captain Cook uh, when he also set foot there as well. And uh, the 50 warriors uh, on the mainland were st- standing there that he um, uh, had seen. Uh, I believe he actually documented that in his journal because he actually crashed there. Um, his boat almost sunk. So, yeah, and they have a, a 1770 festival there every single year. And, with the 250-year um, anniversary um, coming up, uh, my nation, Gurangaroo Nation, are planning to change the narrative of that talk because they are going, they are planning a government agenda uh, to have, um, you know, a big kind of celebration. Um, they would say uh, where we want to change the narrative of that talk of the historical essence from his journals of what happened and. Um, uh, the genocide that took place and, and everything, and how we are as growing, growing people are still living on our countries and maintain our customs and cultural values um, within it. So, yeah. That's interesting and um, not a great story, obviously, but um, good to hear that this is happening. And I guess that's one thing that I've been looking at this possibility that this will open up more conversation rather than just the ignorant, in quotation marks, celebration. Yes. Yeah. Right lifting you up. Dance is you. Dance is me. Dance is us. Dance is ceremony. Dance is giving back. Dance is creation. Dance is not Also wanted to check, so in relation to Nation Dance, I've heard there's another one coming possibly in May. Is this true? Yes, that's correct. Um, I just um, thought that because the amount of... Um, healing and just the amount of um, inspiration that happened on the 1st of December for the first ever nation dance. I thought, I reckon we could go one better (laughs) and call it for nation dance world. So, you know, get all uh, our call out to all the uh, first peoples across the world to uh, dance on their own uh, countries um, at the same time. Um, So it's been a bit of a, um, bit of a hard task trying to coordinate a decent time understanding that half of the world will be a, at night. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, that'll happen on, on May 1st, uh, 2020. And will there still be something in December? Yeah, yeah. Look, I I just uh, I just mentioned that um, uh, to the Nation Dance group page on Facebook that um, the 1st of December, I believe, will just be an annual uh, ongoing uh, event for us. You know, I also wanted to remind you know, um, the mob that anyone can do a nation dance, you know, because I have a lot of mob asking me to coordinate a nation dance, you know, within two weeks or next next week or, or um, and so. And it's um, that's not my responsibility. If mom wanted to go and have a nation dance tomorrow or something on their nation, that's, you know, that's up to them. There's no stopping our mob to get themselves organised again to have another nation dance next week if they wanted to. Um, so, yeah, I think continuously 1st of December, our nation dance here on this continent uh, will continue. Love hearing that. And I think that's really um, awesome what you're saying there around that we can be dancing at any time, you know, and the more we're dancing, the more 
power we are bringing to these days, whether it's the 1st of May or the 1st of December, because it is around that conversation with our ancestors and the land and, and bringing this energy and tapping back into what we were talking about before. Yeah, that's right. And that also, I think that also plays a part in it in as well, the, the spiritual and cultural void that is missing from the land takes a very strong play in, in our role, I should say, into um, how our old people work and how we're connected to land. It's been awesome, Alan. Is there anything else that you wanted to share with anyone listening? Oh, I did have a... Um, um, I'm still going through the process in my mind, but I, um, of how I thought I might go about it. But I did mention this on the walk that um, as a phase of um, when I was going to hand out, if I was going to hand over the message sticks, the, the framework of the last message stick, which was healing, was to put in a, uh, a framework of healing the, the massacre sites or the colonial frontier war sites uh, around all of Australia. I believe that I will still go ahead uh, with that. I just I don't know how I will go about that yet. Um, which is just an idea that I've been um, kind of stringing along in my mind and waiting for kind of answers of the right people to meet sort of thing that cross paths with. Um, I believe that's just how it works. Absolutely. And I think that, like, when you say that, that is pretty powerful. You know, like, I know often when I'm in areas, I pick up something and I'm like, whoa, that's mm-hmm. heavy. And often mm-hmm. I'll look into it and it's a, a massacre site. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so... Just want to acknowledge your intention there and trust that that's, yeah. Yeah, and I think that's a part of also, in in a, in a way, it's also a part of decolonising because if we do it, if we allow ourselves to do it, you know, we don't need particularly their sort of acknowledgement of of what happened because they, they just deny it, you know. They rewrite history. So why should we wait for them to change that task when I think we can just to acknowledge ourselves of our of our history that we share and and if we you know perform and do smoking ceremonies um, at these um over i think there's like, yeah, there's over 400 uh sites you know just imagine the amount of uplifting of some fire and smoke um being a, a healing source uh, for our mob um yeah to uplift the trauma pain acknowledge our own ancestors that you know had sacrificed their lives um, on the front line when when it was in the settlements and that and setting up their penal colonies. And I think, yeah, if we just take it back a step and start doing it just for ourselves and we hold that power in our own right. And I think, yeah, one of those the massacre sites around the, around the area will bring up a, a lot of, um, yeah, um, you know, that, that intergenerational trauma that we hold um, that is consistent with us uh, been passed down, I think it, will release a lot of energy out and also release a lot of uh, the old spirits that, you know, perhaps um, feel forgotten and um, need, need that um, awakening uh, to be released, I guess, back home, you know, back home to the dream time. Mm. Yeah, definitely bringing me to tears. Um, <clears throat> that's really potent. And I think like what you're saying, a lot of trauma lives in this country that's actually mm. affecting everybody as well. Mm. You know, definitely mm. us mob, but... Um, it is like a healing of our mob of the land, which is of the whole, the whole country and everyone living here. And I think the key I keep picking up too is, you know, bringing that power back to us, 
doing it for ourselves, like that's mm-hmm. part of our own sovereignty, you know? That's right, definitely, yep. Yeah. Mm. You've been listening to Decolonize, a podcast about black sovereignty. Epic thanks to Alwyn Doolan for his wisdom and heart. Look up Message Stick Walk to follow Alwyn on Instagram and check the Nation's Dance Facebook page to stay up to date with coming events. This episode of Decolonize was made on Ghana country. I acknowledge the traditional custodians of the lands on which I live and work and pay respects to elders past, present and emerging and to my grandmother, Martha Hamlin. The host and creator of Decolonize is me, Jaja Dare. Producer is Megan Spencer and music by Johnny G. For full credits and more info, head to decolonize.com.au or follow us on Instagram. Join me for the next episode of Decolonize where I'll be yarning with Jambi a gittable man from northern New South Wales.